just so you know, Patricia, we just record stuff. There's no like hard format here. Love it. Sort of just a conversation, but we even record when we're not supposed to be recording in case we get some good stuff. Yeah, you never know. Hey, this is Rob Simone. Summer Friday is an ethos, a feeling, a chemical fit. It's also what we decided to name our marketing agency. Clients are coming to us because they have extra budget to spend before end of year, and the Q3, beginning of Q4, really dials up. This podcast is a testament to that ethos. It's about business, entrepreneurship, marketing, and life. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in some ways. By jumping into this narrative and living your life by it, that makes it happen when it didn't have to happen. Patricia, have you been on a podcast before? I have not. This is my first. We're veterans. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're four episodes in, and uh, we've learned nothing. <laughs> I feel like I need to work on my podcast voice. You have to get the mic that Dan has and that I have, but you have to also get really close to it and get really, really. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there, there is microphone technique. That makes a difference. That's a huge difference. I'm having one of those days where I would just like a do-over, if that's possible. Like, oh, can we just get a do-over? And it's not like anything horrible happened that, that doesn't seem right. It's just like one of those days where everything's broken in every single way, and it just doesn't seem to be stopping. It's like a technology fail and just like mean people suck day. <laughs> so it's like a do-over. We did a campaign once for Chubb, Chubb Insurance, and we we did a spin on the idea of it wouldn't it be nice to have the do-over button when it comes to insurance and the fact that you know, their product essentially, unlike other insurance, will like make you whole on the original value of things versus like the new market value. So it's like that tree on the roof and then you just kind of do it over and it goes back to the same exact thing. But I could use that for the day. My favorite ad in that campaign was the child shaving their hair off and wishing you could do over that moment of shaving your head by accident. In a way, it was almost like you were watching him and you knew it was going to happen. So in a way, it was expected. But it's the innocence of the reaction that is so perfect. You like you can you know when a kid is faking or when it's complete real moment. Oh, those are from real people. We did like multiple campaigns for them. And one was we took actual user generated content oh my God. people had put on, you know, social or whatever. And we we kind of glorified it as a do-over moment. You know, with technology, we there are some more opportunities, like the, the unsend button, which I've never really used, but like there's unsend with email, there's like revision history. So there's like a little bit less permanence in the digital world, sort so to speak. The unsend button is a, I think, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like old movies from like the 80s about like war or space when they have like the big toggle abort button. Like anything they do, like they send like a nuclear missile towards another country or the rocket is like about to like take off and they have this abort switch. You got to be quick with that. You got to be quick with the unsend email button. It only gives you what, five seconds or so? It's a short window. Do you remember? I think it was in Outlook when you could request to rescind an email, but everyone had already received it. Like it would be like, 
Dan Gold is requesting to unsend this email, but you already have it. So whatever bomb he just sent you. You're going to want to know what that email is. Yeah. <laughs> you already got the inappropriate email from the coworker. Requesting to unsend it is just like a a poor courtesy that you're <laughs> you're basically admitting you fucked up. That's what you're doing. It's like the Streisand effect. Like the more you try to hide a piece of information, the more people are going to want to read it. That's of course. Draw attention to it. It's the worst. So, Patricia, I know we only have you for 15, 17 more minutes, and that's totally cool. I want to try to ask you some big questions. Okay. There's literally no wrong answers on this podcast. It's the greatest thing in the world because if if you don't have a good answer or you don't like the answer or whatever, we just won't use it. So there's there's no pressure at all. But what's interesting and one of the reasons why I try to just grab people out of the team roster and and bring them on with no agenda is just because there's so many different perspectives. You are like boots on the ground. You are involved in day-to-day client work on a variety of levels. You're experienced and you're senior in your department, but you're working directly with clients on everything from singular deliverables to strategies to campaigns. And I've seen your work. I've seen your strategy work. I've seen your competitive analysis. I've seen you put together new business pitches. I'm seeing right now, and I haven't said this yet on the show, but I'm not quite sure if it's a a component of economic stress in this country, or if it's just changes across the board. But I'm seeing what I believe is a, a shift in our industry and in the way American companies operate. And before I let you feedback on that, I think that we may be in sort of like preventative measure times in a lot of ways where companies are just kind of like sitting and watching and making decisions in different ways and all kinds of stuff. But just wondering like what you see in your day-to-day work, good, bad, great, ugly, you know, whatever that you feel is, is either consistent with your experience or is signaling any type of a shift in what we do, you do, or will do in the future with clients? Yeah, I think there's two things that come to mind. One, just in the day-to-day, I haven't directly seen any changes in the work that we're doing right now. That being said, we're not adding on a, on top. We're not adding a lot to what we've already had planned. Like a lot of times, this time of the year, we go into Q4, clients are coming to us because they have extra budget to spend before end of year. Q4 usually really like end of Q3, beginning of Q4 really dials up. Everyone needs to spend their money before they break for the holidays. We haven't seen that traction yet this year. And I'm curious if that will dial up. Um, I'm feeling more hesitation and people wanting to hold on to budgets and roll over budgets into next year. So I have a prediction that we might not see that big Q4 ramp up as we have in the past. I think the other part of it that's really interesting is the younger part of the workforce. And that may still include manager and director levels um, at a lot of these companies. But they this is like my generation, for example, this is our first time working through an economy that's not going up. Like ever since I entered the workforce, it had it's always been on an upward scale. So this is a lot of managers and directors potentially first time managing budgets, managing teams, thinking about like employing teams. So I think that could be part of it also some hesitation because it's new to a lot of the younger workforce. Can I just dig in a little bit? 
I'm testing a theory here, so just bear with me, but I understand what you just said. And so by, and by the time we use or don't use this audio, the economy will have changed again. So <laughs> whatever. But when you say the economy isn't going up and isn't on that upward trajectory, as you put it, quantify that for me. So what to you is evidence of that? What's what was making you feel that way and or and or our clients other than the fact that you just said they may not be spending their budgets the way you've normally seen it? Revenue for this agency aside, what is it that you feel see here or whatever that's giving you that impression and that feeling? I think everywhere you're turning in the news, there's a lot of talk about being on the brink of recession, we're already in recession, interest rates, um, everything going on in the UK with their interest rates has been like top line news in the last few weeks as well. So in the past, that word recession has not really been thrown around as heavily, especially in the news, as it has in the last year. Um, and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I agree. I think I mean, it's, it's fine uh, to for all of us to come to the impression that the economy has some some holes in it that may lead to a recession but by all measures right like that hasn't happened it may be propped up and i'm not an economist but i feel like what you started with is super true and it's messing with me a little bit i feel like this is a pregnant pause in so many ways and the news is got to eat it all up because they want to be right if it happens, mm -hmm. you know, but they're rarely right, which is, is what is so crazy about the whole thing, right? So like the layoffs that have been happening on the client side, the impending and, and inflation is real and people are feeling it and credit is being used more. And there are factors that are concerning. The housing market is tough as hell. It's really great if you own a home and you don't want to leave and you're happy, but if you're buying a home, so tough, especially if you have like kids on the way and all of that stuff, really tough. It, the cost of living in every state, but primarily in states that were already kind of expensive is just really skyrocketed. And so everything is, and we've, inflation may be uh, not going up as fast as it was, but it's, the prices aren't going back down. So there's no reset of that. So real stuff. But, you know, the other things that haven't happened that everyone was worried was going to happen is like liquidity hasn't really frozen in the sense like people can still access money. Businesses can still access money. The Great Recession, the beginning, the worst part of the Great Recession, you like nobody could get money, loans, credit, credit cards, business loans, mortgages, like it was off, turned it off. But that hasn't really happened this time. There also hasn't been a, a reflection of this in the stock market. So things continue to go up and up and up. But companies are acting as if it's definitely coming. And that's affecting essentially the outcome, right? It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in some ways. Like, thank you, Dan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, money's still here. It's still going to go around. It's just like, and also I'm just researching it now. Like so many companies have been founded or millions have been made during these times because things get crazy and there's new opportunities. Well, I just, if spending, if business spending recedes, then the opportunity goes away, right? Because 
what you essentially have had is you had companies that were born during COVID that were beneficiaries of stimulus for one, but also really low interest rates for two. So you had all these businesses that were able to succeed. But if if healthy companies are holding on to cash and it's their right, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's obviously their right to be smart. I'm not critiquing that. What I'm critiquing more so is like how much of what we're experiencing may be a result of the news cycle. It's just really crazy to think about how everyone acts when they're told a recession is coming, but it continues to not come. I mean, maybe it will come and then and then everyone will go, I told you so, but I told you so doesn't really apply. We could have prevented it. It's a rabbit hole. It's like a some sort of foregone conclusion, right? And then it just keeps going in that direction where... So you're, what you're saying is like by jumping into this narrative and living your life by it, that that sort of affects the spending of the companies and therefore makes it happen when it didn't have to happen. Is that is that is that the summary? I'm sure somebody's reporting on this, but just think about it this way, right? You've got stock market gains are not what they were forecasted to be. The stock market was has done really well. And September is always a treacherous month. So September is probably going to be a bad month for the market. But if you zoom back a year ago, a year and a half ago, as everyone started to warn of economic collapse and interest rates started to go up, a lot of people got hurt in that equation. And then, then we saw banks collapse. But then on the consumer side, everyone was like, well, shit, I can't trust my money in a bank and the stock market's going to be a mess. They're telling me we're going into a recession. They're telling me that everything's propped up on stimulus money. So everyone moved their money out. Not everyone. These are generalizations. A lot of people moved their money out of stocks and into high yield products because we now we've seen four, four and a half, five percent rate return savings accounts and so forth. And FDIC insured this and that. And then missed all of the stock market gains because the market just went up and up and up and up. The market's done really well. So you've got that on a consumer level, but then companies, companies have a lot of cash. They're holding on to it. They know what it's worth. They're not, you know, broke. They're being preventative. I'm not saying that their shareholders want them to do anything else, but their shareholders are also their their employees. It's uh it's a wild situation. Yeah, like during that great resignation COVID period, there was like not a lot of foresight into the the bloat that happened with these companies, which is overpaying because it's competition over hiring. And then now I know someone personally who got laid off from Meta and now they're like, we actually don't know how to do what you did here. And so they're trying to trying to get her back. Basically, they thought they could pass the work along, but it was just totally out of scope. So it's like, it's a crazy, there's not a lot of like thinking through alternative scenarios, I think is what my point is. People are just like, oh, it's this. Okay, I'm going to do this. I think there needs to be a little bit more foresight and like thinking through the possibilities. I can't stand the fact that that you know, for the last, I don't know, 10 years, every single financial reporting publication has simultaneously said, now's the time to get in and now's the time to get out in the same news. <laughs> like literally, like the first article is this guy who predicted the crash of 2008 says it's time to run for the hills. And then the next article down in smaller type is 15 stocks that are going to skyrocket your portfolio in 2023. 
It's just <laughs> complete, utter bullshit. Yeah, those those articles are around for, forever. They're, that's like evergreen scare content. Well, so, so what's the sensible move? It depends on if you have values or not. A lot of companies are owned by majority shareholders and those people have sway and they want returns and they don't care about people on that level. I mean, some of them do, but it's bigger than that. And if you're a large private company, you have a fiduciary responsibility to ensure that your cash position and everything else is strong enough to the people that you employ. So you have to make cuts and you have to do things in order to ensure that. But, you know, sensible is a tough way to put it because you're making cuts that you may not need to make in order to take advantage of a situation in the future and or to avoid something that may not happen, regardless of how big you are. Downsizing and then reacquiring talent in the future is expensive. It's resource heavy. It's risky. If you have talent that you that's doing a good job that you like, that's making stuff happen, it's it's a hard thing to replace really hard yeah very true you got to cut through the noise and find the patricias out there <laughs> and the dance thanks so much for tuning in there's so much more to come take a moment to subscribe if you haven't already and send us a message at say at heysummerfriday.com we'd love to hear from you